Welcome back again to the Heavy Shell Podcast. I'm your host, David Richards, and with me, as always, I'm happy to have Luca. Hello. And Moose. Hello. And I, I'd like to say we got a good week in gaming for you. At least I've been having a good week because Valheim is here. We're going to definitely get into why that's great. And then Luca and Moose, they both got some stories they want to share with you. But we're going to start off with Luca because I believe, Luca, you are looking at the Final Fantasy Battle Royale, I believe? Yeah. Um, so, I, I I guess everyone would know by now that uh, in the last couple of years, there's been a lot going, uh, going on around Final Fantasy VII. There's been remakes. There's been new remakes coming out on PS5. That's actually the old remake with more stuff. I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big Final Fantasy buff. I'm a little confused by all that. But what I do know is that they are releasing not one, but two mobile games, and one of them is, in fact, a Battle Royale. Uh, it's a little unclear, some of the details right now. Uh, they have some number of players, as well as, uh, yeah, yeah, two-player two, two uh, Battle Royale. But um, what we do know is that there will be uh, NPC characters in the map to fight, and that there's supposed to be, like, quite an array of attack styles like there's spell casting uh melee uh gunplay uh, on and on so might be interesting question mark any thoughts now it's based <laughs> like off of final fantasy 7 right uh yeah that that seems also to be the, the case. remake Although, graphics i'm assuming you know uh that is something else that wasn't entirely clear i know the other game that they release or are releasing chromable is based on the original 1997 graphics mm-hmm. this i i assume is based on more modern graphics uh but i i didn't see any like visuals although i'm i'm sure those have been released i can check real quick we uh while we were talking about this we looked at the wikipedia page for the list of final fantasy games um if you're really bored i would i would go and i would look that up I've never really been into Final Fantasy. I know Final Fantasy VII. I know Final Fantasy XV. Because Final Fantasy VII is the popular one, and XV is the, the MMO. Oh my goodness. If if you were stranded on an island and you could only pick one franchise, and you really liked Final Fantasy, you'd be happy. Um, they have oh, you- so many games. It's it's insane. So, two more to add to the, uh, add to the foray. Yeah. My question and, is, and this is this is probably based on the fact that I don't know much about Final Fantasy. Why Battle Royale? How does Final Fantasy tie into that? Okay, so this this I actually do know. Um basically this is all supposed to take place before the events of seven. Uh I the title, if I understand correctly, is going to be First Soldier or the First Soldier rather. You know, Final Fantasy Seven, the First Soldier. And it is a battle royale to find the soldier uh, who is a character in Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> as far as I understand it. Like again, I'm sorry, I'm not a big Final Fantasy buff, but that uh, that that seems to be the plot of the battle royale, the justification for the cash grab, if you will. Um, um, and so yes, it is based on more modern graphics. So uh, Satanta corrected me from the chat. Fourteen is the MMO, not fifteen don't know what 15 is then i thought i knew it and i don't 15 is the modern rpg there you go i like the i like the idea that going back to the battle royale i like the idea that this battle royale is the final fantasy you are finding yeah, it... final fantasy himself Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, god but no i think we had worked out that just with um just with final fantasy 7 we could we could think of like nine games or something like that there were under a final fantasy 7 name you know there's like the original the remakes and on and on uh the spin-offs the cooking versions yeah exactly exactly the the uh pocket like step counter uh dlc you know all that so they have a lot of 
lore to pull from, I guess, <laughs> you know? <laughs> to say the least. To say the very least. And frankly, I can't imagine that it won't make money. So, you know, good move for them, but I guess. What I wonder is, will it be a battle? Like, me, I don't mind people just jumping into a completely different genre, but they're bringing, like, their art style or this and that, you know? However, yeah. Final Fantasy has had a few games here and there. Two of the mechanics were kind of weird. Like the like the remake, it was kind of weird. I mean, I got over it. But I kind of would just like to see Final Fantasy characters in a Battle Royale setting. Like, just stick with what works, you know? And then, how does your, like, uh, your art style... Um, I don't want to say weapon style or fight style. But I mean, yeah, to a point, there's like magic spells and stuff like that, you know? Like, you're not going to have there's magic spells in hammers. Fortnite. So, like, I would like to see some of that. But I hope they don't try to stick too much to their roots, in my opinion, because I don't see how that would fit in a battle royale. Like, well, I mean, what, it, it, what are they going to do? Like, have 99 people go at it, and it's like a three-day-long turn-based battle, you know? No, 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 it's not turn-based. Um, it does seem to be a third-person shooter, but as far as the combat itself, uh, it does seem to, I, I guess, harken back to some of the older stuff. I know that there's, like, summons that you can bring in for the fights and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then visually, it is very, very distinct. Like, you look at it and... You know, when you say summons, it makes me think of, I kind of really want a Pokemon Battle Royale now. Oh, God, Okay. <laughs> I, I feel like that's just, like, an update for uh, Pokemon Go waiting to happen, you know? Where they just hold, like, massive tournaments where just a hundred people literally turn up in one place, you know? And they fight in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner gets to keep everyone else's phones. <laughs> okay, wait, uh, going, going back to the seriousness, though. I have a bit of a contrast from uh, David's sentiment here. Um I am almost intrigued because it look it sounds like that they're going to do a narrative form to a battle royale. Uh, battle royale single player story? No, no, or it it seems like from from what I was able to pick up before the show that the battle royale is sort of tied into the overall Final Fantasy VII story in a loose way, but I didn't get the impression that there was um a like tight connection to like okay, a, well, a, a, never a mind then this is terrible. Worst game ever. Now, Zero the, out of <laughs> well y- that said you might like the other one. The other mobile game they're releasing, uh which is called Ever Crisis and is basically every Final Fantasy seven game's story as a phone game but played through chapters with chibi sprites. It's a candy So really, they could have just said Final Fantasy VII Mobile, but no, no, it's Ever Crisis to give the excuse to split up the cost of the game into however many episodes. Well, I see, this is like, the thing is, all of this is uh, to be released next year, and we're still pretty close to the beginning of this year. Do you mean next year? Because I know earlier, not this podcast, but another one, you thought we were still in 2020. So is it coming out in 2021, or is it coming out in 2022? No, no. The Ever Crisis is coming out in 2022. Uh, as far as the First Soldier, I didn't actually... Yeah, First Soldier is coming out this year, okay. right? But as far as uh, Ever Crisis, that's 2022. And both so, of those are mobile games, yes? Yes, they're both mobile games. They announced both of them after State of Play on like Twitter, I think, which I found weird that they wouldn't... I made a bigger deal out of that, but okay, yeah. Mm. <laughs> maybe, maybe they did in China, the mobile market. Uh, I yeah. just, I feel like mobile Final Fantasy Battle Royale, that's just a combination of words that, like, I don't know, man. There's something foreboding about that. Well, A, they don't belong together in my mind. Like, I'm not saying you're not allowed to do it. I'm saying that they, there's no connection between those things in my mind, right? And did I say one or A? We're going with B. B, you don't like any of those words. <laughs> First thing, and then the B thing is, um, <laughs> will the Call of Duty Mobile, last I heard, I could be wrong, but I think they said Call of Duty Mobile made them more money than Call of Duty itself. 
So like the mobile battle royale stuff or just mobile in general really, really is taking things to a, an entirely different stratosphere for as profits for these companies. Um, and you know, you can already do Fortnite mobile or you could until they started fighting with Apple. I don't know what it's looking like. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And then you got PUBG Mobile. PUBG Mobile is much bigger too. So it's not too far fetched to have battle royales on mobiles. The technology is there. I've tried it. It looked hideous. I so I'll ne- like never again. But it works. <laughs> it functions. Like I didn't yeah, feel like I, should, I was at a disadvantage because they have trade offs. I, I I should I should say like you're correct. There's definitely a connection between the words uh, battle royale and mobile. Mm-hmm. I was more thinking that there's not a connection between in my mind uh, between like Final Fantasy and mobile or Final Fantasy gotcha. and battle royale. Um, but yeah, no, there's definitely a, a very strong connection both in terms of what actually exists and I think in a way in terms of um the character of battle royales and mobile games is something that game franchises will release because they make money you know mm-hmm. and so yeah that those two are definitely connected i'll, I'll give you that speaking of games just, that probably focus too much on just making money instead of releasing properly i think moose has a little bit to say about what's going oh, on with that game passing the ball <laughs> yeah um okay so for those of you who don't remember um bioware attempted to release a game called anthem uh in 2019 i think let me you know we we can it was like early 2019 um and the game was bad um it was laughably bad with like everything that could go wrong on a launch went wrong really you know we're talking like servers being horrible and the game itself wasn't very good right but yeah servers bugged out um you you could kind of see right away that there was not a lot of depth to it like, like essentially even just the balancing of some of the weapons like apparently some of the beginning game guns were more powerful than the guns you would unlock at the end. So then it's like literally none of this means anything. It's all pointless, the loot and leveling up and all that stuff. And then they would uh, have to... um they would have gates behind certain events. Like you can't get past this event because it's on a timer. And that like made it uh, essentially they were hoping they could slow people down. So because they were trying to it's like as if they were building the railroad tracks <laughs> while the train had already started. Um, so it, it got, it got so bad at one point that there, it was like, kind of like what would happened with, um, kind of like what happened with Fallout 76, where they were bundling it with other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I saw pictures of like Anthem being bundled with like literal chocolate bars. <laughs> I, oh my he, God. Like just total, total, total disaster of a launch. Apparently... Bioware had been keeping updates with it because they just, uh, two days ago, um, so February 24th, they sent um, a little update, Anthem update, and it says, hey, we are no longer going to be doing new development work for Anthem. I didn't even know that they were doing any development work for Anthem, so this was a shock to me. Yeah, they had a few um, messages a while back, pretty much kind of like, I got like cheerleader vibes, like they were trying to amp themselves up, like, we're going to do this, we're going to get it right, stick with us, don't give up. Fast forward Yeah, it later. described yeah, it as, um, oh goodness, it was like a, uh, they, they used the wording like a fundamental restructuring of the game, which in in my mind sounds like a, we were just going to start over, right? Um, without fully starting over. Uh, but no, they're not doing that anymore. They're going to they're gonna continue the live service running, which, you know, you don't need very much for like five people to play a game. Mm-hmm. So they probably have that ace in the hole anyway. Don't need to mess with that. So no new development for Anthem. Now, what's interesting about this to me, um, you know, besides like uh, COVID-19 undoubtedly causing some financial and workforce strain on being able to continue supporting Anthem, um, a few, a few, I think it was last week, uh, 
they announced that they were doing like a Mass Effect Ultimate Edition or something like that. Uh, a remake, huh. I believe, right? Huh. Um, I'm not, I'm not exactly certain. I'll be honest. I'm not very into Mass Effect. Uh, let's see the 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 limited edition Mass Effect thing. Anyways, I'm going to go out on a limb and say part of the reason that they're saying no more new development on Anthem is because they were like, we got we got this Mass Effect project we're working on. Let's just let's just get a few more team members, right? Take the uh, skeleton crew that was keeping this thing on life support for new features and move them over. Um, yeah. So, and the, that, well, they have Dragon Age coming too. So, yeah, that's true. And there's also um, they also said uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic. They want to continue providing quality updates, quote unquote, for that. So really, Actually, it's, I feel, it wasn't I feel worth like, their time, is what they're saying. Anthem is not worth their time. I feel like yeah, that really drives home the point that Star Wars: The Old Republic, which I remember being in like Toys R Us, right. And just coincident, like, for whatever reason, like, I think maybe an advert was played over the speakers or whatever, but, like, I, I remember being a child so young that I was shopping for action figures and hearing about that game, right? And that game is higher on their priority list than Anthem. That yeah. Should, that should drive home what a flop Anthem was. And I'm surprised it took them this long, honestly. Like, I mean, it was months after Anthem released that it was just doing its death spirals. I mean, this is this uh, is months. Is a funny way of EA. saying a week, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. It, it was pretty quick, but you know, people like to hold out hope for a month or so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so Mass Effect Legendary Edition is what it's called. It's a remaster of not not just one game, the entire original trilogy. So, not Mass Effect Andromeda, um, just one, two, and three. Um, it was interesting. There was there was a um, there was a uh, a Legendary Edition for it. There was, I believe, there still is. Um, not the Legendary, like the um, Advanced Edition. Some kind of special, you know, pre-order, pay more money get more stuff and it didn't actually include the game yeah there it is mass effect legendary cash it's like you can get a helmet and a poster and a booklet and the soundtrack and it and it does not contain the game wow so they've been they've been focusing on that and obviously if you're going to have the audacity to release a legendary cash quote unquote that doesn't include the game itself you're expecting this thing to sell like hotcakes mass effect Really popular franchise. Anthem, apparently less popular than uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. It's 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 no question. So that's going to be my guess. I'm going to say people who were working on Anthem are being moved over. And that's like the real reason. Because if, if they had them keeping Anthem on life support for, for new updates over the course of 2020. Like, I don't know. You know what other AAA game I think they should go ahead and take off life support? Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. Hit us. Cyberpunk 2077. Oh my goodness, wow, okay. I think it's too tainted. I think it's done. Okay, well. (laughs) Well, like, I'm not saying I have a valid opinion here. Like, logistically speaking, it's not done. They got money to, to work with. But why not just take all that money and put it towards a better cause of another game development? Well, okay. Well, I'm, I just I'm think there's too much stink on mind. Cyberpunk. I'm I'm of a split mind on this one, right? Because I I think for multiple games, I with a bad release, there's been part of me, you know, oh, they can come back, you know, like or whatever. Um, because you know the the, the way for this, I think, was very much uh, pointed out or or brought to attention uh, by No Man's Sky, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but. That was a very special situation with a very special team behind it, you know. Um, well, also they had a lot that of is very really specific promises that that is really you could hold the out only, for. Yeah, that's true. But that that was really the only game I can think of that really, in a big way, has gone from like big flop or scandal to you know hero of the day, right? You know the difference um, though, and go on. 
they're an indie company. These AAA companies don't care anymore. Well, yeah, but like uh, CD, Pro- uh, CD Project, CD Project Red is no longer an indie company, position. so they 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 lose that indie darling status. I I'll I'll go with that, but the thing is that they're not really quite EA yet, are they? No, no, they're not. They're not. But the only um, other one that I can list that was like a a flop and then improved, not not in like the uh, No Man's Sky kind of is hailed for the team dedication. Um, Fallout seventy six, it improved, but that was a long and slow improvement, and you know, it Ooh. it's no longer endlessly mocked for gameplay reasons now it's just all the stuff on the initial launch but i think i think i think you're right um and you know i I would consider both both cd project red and bethesda large developers i would i would say that when you're comparing games they kind of blend in with triple a you know ea stuff like that i would I would say that uh, Bethesda and CG Project Red are, are very comparable in size, um, but or, or status maybe. Um, yeah, status. But I, I'm uh, not sure about the actual size. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to are compared there. But like as far as um, yeah, status. Uh, but they don't seem the to have is, their hands on, on, on everything. On the one hand, I'm like I haven't seen that many games really come back from the brink. You know, I mean, we just we just talked about what happened with Anthem, right? Um. But on the other hand, I feel like they try and move on without, like, making the game better. Then it's really going to hurt the expectations of their next game. But on the other other hand, you look at the Steam store, and I'm I'm pretty sure their reviews for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven are still mostly positive. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, yeah, because their identity is interwoven with this game. They're not going <laughs> to give themselves a negative review. That's true. That's yeah. True. Okay. Like. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I would agree with that. There were when when Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven first came out, and I think I talked about that on the podcast shortly after, or maybe just sent some messages in the Discord, which you can join with the link down below. Um, there were people who had played the game for literally like thirteen minutes mm-hmm. and gave it a positive review for being the best game. Like this, this game. When I die, bury me with this game. It's like <laughs> you're still waiting for the character creator to load, man. Yeah. What? And and how many of those people are going to go back and say, actually, I was wrong. I, I'm giving this a negative review now. No, it's it's not happening. No. Nah. <laughs> What's funny is that there was a lot of controversy around one reviewer because she gave it a seven, and then everyone lit her up. And they they were giving her the oh girl gamer doesn't understand treatment, blah 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 blah, and then they were knocking her and I mean reasonably so at this point they were knocking her for not using certain mechanics in the game like she never did crafting and things like that or she barely changed her outfit. Yeah, but let's be honest, the crafting is exactly barely yeah. Worthwhile. It's like well she didn't miss anything. Ergo, her score seems pretty valid because and this is a this is a trend that like David was was kind of alluding to. It's it's kind of been more and more widespread. I don't know. Do, do you, does anyone here or, or in the chat like trust game reviewers that are like mainstream voices anymore, or like I don't know, official spokespersons or anything like well, that? There's yeah, only that, one I that, trust that's... right now, and that's a uh, skill up in that YouTube channel. But even he kind of wades into the the culture wars of video games from time to time. But he usually is like pretty like disclaimer. Here's why this is great, and yes, here's the political stuff going on. You know. Well, but here's here's something I think sort of interesting to think about is who is mainstream reviewers at this point? Because I I think you might be thinking of like games journalists, but I'm gonna be honest, I haven't heard of most of them. You know. Yeah. So is well, it, who, I mean, who's, you know, who's the mainstream reviewer? Is it them or is it Angry Joe? I guess you can say legacy or institution. Yeah, when, I when think you legacy to, is a good way of putting it. When when you go to something like IGN, for instance, and it's like yeah, you know, it's reviewed by someone on the IGN team, and it, it's it's when people attribute that, you know, in whatever magazine, games magazines, yeah, those are dead. Um, whatever box art. <laughs> 
or advertisement or whatever, they're going to attribute that to IGN. Um, and so it's like, it's like these, these reviewers who are part of these larger sites like GameSpot, um, I remember there was a big hubbub when GameSpot gave Rust like a six or something like that. People were like, ah, oh, GameSpot, GameSpot. Okay, well, it's not really GameSpot doing the review. It's not like all of GameSpot got together and played Rust. I think they would have given it a higher review if that was the case. So, so these kinds of reviewers, they become surrogates for the media organizations that they're a part of. And because of that, it's it's just kind of, you know, once once the downhill trend starts, you don't know who to trust. The whole the whole structure, the whole company. So like, ah, I'm not going to listen to that. And so I think it's that think... way for reviewers, but also for games. Like, you know, it, it used to be that like people were talking about CD Project. If you're going to buy a game, you know, you're going to get quality with CD Project Red. And that's the kind of stuff that they were saying about like EA, you know. Oh God! They all. Honestly, they we all... should all probably tread carefully with every dev from this point. Like um, the uh, uh, it's Gorilla, right? That made Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh goodness! I actually don't know who developed that because they have another one coming out, and now I'm like, don't get excited. Who knows what's going to happen? You know, and then. Yeah, yeah, Gorilla no, Games. I can't think of any dev at this point that I'm like, I still trust them. Except for maybe Hello Games. <laughs> that was, uh, okay. <laughs> well, because they spent the last three years, like, fixing their mistakes. I trust and- Hello Games to stick with their project. I don't trust them to tell me accurate information about their project when they I, I I don't trust them to handle public relations competently. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, in any way. I, I like Lucas Angle. Uh, <laughs> um I and, and as far as like what you were saying before about people trusting like uh mainstream viewers, in a way I think that the question is like, does anyone really trust uh like the Metacritic class, you know? And then as far as like the games and whether we should trust the devs, it's like a very similar thing, yeah. Um and I, I do kind of have to side with West on this where it's almost on like a title by title basis now, where like certain games companies I, I would say that there are infinitely more games companies where I can expect almost everything they release to be trash than there are games companies that I can go, Yeah, you know, they'll always release it at least an okay or a good game, you know? Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. And that, to me, is kind of a depressing state for the industry to be in, but that, that just seems to be reality, if I'm honest, you know? At the same time, though, um, there's a lot of good games. There's a lot of good games that are being created by people who don't have, like, the big resources of a AAA studio, and when you're not getting your... Uh, your, your your game influx from these studios that you would previously trust because they're a big studio, uh, you you do have to look towards some some indies, which are mostly crap. I feel like I have to say that. I'm not like an indie fanboy. Most games that are indie games are good Flash games in terms of quality, Um, fun to play for 30 minutes, uh, but but there's there's some people who are legitimately skilled and have visions for their games, which is like something that doesn't really exist anymore. You know, people having, hey, here's what I want to make. Here's how I want it to feel. I'm not just going to do what is successful on the books. And so it's kind of like a, a, a good counterbalance to that. Because um, I think it used to be that playing indie games was kind of like a unique, quirky thing, right? Hey guys, welcome back to Indie Wednesdays. Today I'm going to be checking out this crazy indie game. And now it's like, it's just in people's rotation. And some indie games get huge, like they would never have been before. I don't know, I'm, I mean, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that as a side effect. Well, as we've talked in the past, a lot of indie games we see now has the innovation, where the AAA people have the budget but they're just recycling the same old, same old, or they will adopt 
a game mechanic that was like an indie game's whole game, they'll just swallow it and it'll be like one little feature within a AAA game. But it's usually two or three years down the road. Um, case in point with survival games, building stuff, and then all of a sudden you can actually build like little bitty fort pieces and defenses in Battlefield. But that was after survival games had been out for years. And they added it into Fallout 4, which... Yeah, Fallout I mean, 4 it, as well. Yeah, that too. It makes sense, kind of, but it feels like, okay, this is this is another game's bread and butter. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, it, no, the, you're, you're the definitely right about that. The construction system literally almost felt like another game. Yeah. You know? like <laughs> yeah, it, it did. It was grafted on, you know? And but that's it, where it takes me to the game that's perhaps the... This, I don't even know if this is... Just give it extensive amounts of praise, and then when people criticize you for, for it, just no comment. Go for it. I, I'm like, it's just my opinion, bro. Now, um, the breadiest and butteriest of games, of survival <laughs> games, is going to be Valheim, in my opinion. And four million people agree. Because that's how many people have bought the game. And it could be even higher. Because honestly, earlier in the week, it said 3 million. By Thursday, it said 4 million. I wouldn't be surprised if it was 5 million by today. Every every week, we're going to come back. All right, and another million copies sold of Valheim. Here's our Valheim report of the week. There's not actual Metacritic scores for it yet. But when I do a Google search, and they have like a little drop down. Um, Steam is giving it 10 out of 10, but again, we got to be careful with that because people tie their identity too much into some of these things. And so, but then again, like, no, like there's been no political stuff around Valheim. It's just a good game. And then IGN gave a nine out of 10 and Steam, the official wording on it, uh, with about 99,000 reviews is overwhelmingly positive. So you always love seeing that. Rarely do I find a game except for like the dating sim ones. That it's overwhelmingly positive. And yeah, you're like, real familiar with those. <laughs> oh no, my god! No, it, it's the fact that like you can there's a website to where it organizes just the overwhelming positive games, and like a few dating sims snuck in on that list. I'm like, that's got to be people memeing. No, At dude, I I swear to God, dude, there is some like class of people out there that keeps these things going because there are so many of them, right? It's I, that that's a discussion for another day, but you know, like, it's something more than memeing, man. I don't get it. I yeah. I do want to say that Valheim's popularity is kind of interesting, um, because it's not like explosively popular. Like you're not seeing someone like Ninja play Valheim and get you know. 30,000 viewers on a stream or anything like that. It's there's a lot of people streaming it. There's a lot of people making content for it. And they they're they're active streams, you know. These are like they they aren't something to scoff at. But it's not it's not in the same way that we saw with um with the 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 past 3 most recent gaming booms of Fall Guys then Among Us then Rust where it was like suddenly everybody is producing this kind of content. So it seems to be a little bit more players actually playing than streamers playing and players going, ooh, I want that to be me. At, at the time, there seemed That's to be zero really hype around it. it. Yeah. Uh, at the time, there seemed to be zero hype, zero advertising around it, because it is still an early access. To me, I mean, I got to play more of the game. Me and Luca are actively reviewing it right now, but it feels pretty damn complete compared to other early access games I've played. And... um me and Luca found it literally by just browsing the store. Good old fashioned, like, yo, you see this open world survival craft? Look at this. And it's out now. Should we get it? And we got it. And it's good. Um, so, I mean, you were talking about it being relatively complete compared to other early access games. Mm-hmm. The game, in my opinion, that is, that I remember playing on Steam that is like the most directly comparable. Uh, not just in terms of gameplay, but in terms of like the early access sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Was the forest, and I remember early the forest, and it was a shit show, man. You know, like 
the only way that you could reasonably survive any length of time was to swim out into the lake and build on an island, but there was no food on the island, so you'd die of hypothermia and starvation, right? And that was basically the game. And, like, there were places where the rock textures didn't quite uh, all match up, so, like, another way to survive was to, like, break the game, get behind the rocks and live in there, you know? Like, mm-hmm. as far for an early access game, I mean, it's... And I know developers are going to want to design a game the way they you know? want to design it, but, like, with stuff like The Forest and other games, sometimes they just need to know, yeah, look, this this implementation or this balancing is a bad idea. It's not a fun game. Mm-hmm. Like me, I would I, love to make a game to where it was accurate day and night cycles, but not everyone wants to get into their game and it's nighttime in the game just because it's nighttime in real life. But the only time they ever get to play is night. Well, guess what? The hordes come out at night, and so the all time the, the only time they ever get to play the game, it's constant ways the hordes are having to fight. They're like, I'm just trying to dig a road for the boars to go down or something like that, you know? <laughs> for the boars. Well, we got boars in Valheim. We'll get into that later. Um, it's 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 the boar road. Yeah. And so yeah, it's- just there's a lot of features in some games that I feel like they should do away with or is stubbornly left in the game where I'm finding a lot of little things in this game that personally make it more enjoyable for me. Just the simplest little thing of giving you map markers on the map to where you can label stuff, whatever you wish. Cause then that changes it from here's like your Minecraft map, for instance, just to pick on Minecraft and then someone correct me if you can do this in Minecraft. But then, uh, I can put a marker down, and this isn't just some patch of grass. This is now Raspberry Ranch because I found a patch, a place that was like an abandoned little ranch farm, and, and it had a bunch of raspberries. Fortnite there. names? No, no, yeah. I'm not giving them Fortnite yeah, names, but I could do that. Um, raspberry Ranch sounds like something from Fortnite. Look, there, were, there was a lot of raspberries there, and it was an abandoned little raspberry farm-looking thing, so I named it Raspberry Ranch, and then. Here's the mighty mines. This is where we get our sulfur. I'm going to do that now just because you said that. You joke. Just to spite me. Just to mm-hmm. spite the fact that I would dare mock you. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I can't. I'll fight you uh, in Valheim uh, if I ever get it. Yeah. All right. And oh, I'll you probably will. lose. You now, just those little things. Like I've been essentially role playing as a cartographer half the time because I'm just walking around the world labeling shit that I like to see. And I'm like, I want to remember that that's here. So, boom, troll cave right there. Copper right there. And then uh, I look at the map and I notice, you know, there's a lot of copper there. We should probably build a road to it. And so then I spend like a whole day just built, like leveling out a road to be perfect. And it's, it's, it sounds very Minecrafty in like pace. It is, it is Minecrafty in some ways. Um, I don't want to say that though, just cause I don't want death threats from any Minecraft fans. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot of things that are better. Like I know I was talking to Sistanta about it. I don't want, I don't want any death threats from Minecraft fans, but there are some things that are better. <laughs> oh, but I am boy. willing to risk it. Well, the one thing I'm going to bring up, like, like it's objective that this is better. Um, there is more. <laughs> oh god I'm, i i'd like to i'd like that's to fine out you know what? The hey, i'm letting them plan. know you got your trigger warning brace for impact i'm gonna say something that's okay, okay. As, so me and satanta i'm dragging him in here with me on this we were discussing how um combat is in this game versus minecraft there are so many things minecraft does better than every other survival game right but you cannot say that minecraft has in-depth combat you're right. I, I'm I'm gonna say you are unequivocally right. In Valheim, it's not even that crazy, but it is a little more in depth than Minecraft. Well, let me do it this way. There are in fact multiple moves that you can do with a melee weapon. Hold on. That sound that sounds like any amount of depth. Are you sure? Are you sure you're not just like confused? There's actual depth. No, dude, that like it's got that good good. Like, you know, three inches of, of depth there, you know? 
like uh, top tier gameplay. To, to to be a little bit more serious though, um, that's legitimately an innovation for this genre. I cannot name really any survival game in in the form of you know kind of open world exploration building like Valheim where you have more than one attack. I know Conan Exiles has attack combos. So the the animations change and I think the damage changes with it, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't have moves that you can intentionally execute. And like Ark and Rust and these are games that you know the melee combat is not the main thing, but it is an aspect. It's seriously just swing. I mean even Counter-Strike you can light stab or heavy stab with the knife. I was about Counter to say Counter-Strike is a better melee game than Rust. I was about to say the only thing I can think of is I think maybe in the forest there might be a heavy attack, but I I'm not even sure of that, you know. And it, like that that is the most I think there is in any other game I can think of. Whereas in this there's normal attack and special. My, so, so I'm going to say something. You can't see but I'm wiggling my eyes. I got to pick on Minecraft special, again. you know. I got to pick on Minecraft again. How many different boats are in Minecraft? One for every wood type, except for <laughs> nether woods. There, there is one type of boat in different colors. Is what are you saying? Yes, that is true. How many years has Minecraft been out? Eleven. Uh, well, it, technically, it did not come out in the 2010s, according to the Minecraft team, the dev team. They celebrated in yeah. 2009. Yeah. So my point is. They've had that many years to make more boats. Valheim coming out the gate with three. three and they matter. Boats. They got yeah. raft, they got the medium boat, and then they got the big one. I can't remember what the big one's called. Ah, but hear me out. The forest also has three boats. <laughs> no, like So so I'm gonna I'm gonna say something and I want you guys to tell me if this is accurate. Because what I've heard from Valheim is not that it's like revolutionary extreme brand new it's like it it's just it does what it does really well mm -hmm. yeah so so what what i talked about with um with combat in these sort of games where valheim doesn't do anything crazy it just adds that little bit of customizability is it accurate to say that valheim in kind of all of its areas just improves in like a, a noticeable but ultimately quite small way from the multiplayer survival game standard I would say that it is nothing new, but there's a, a specific combination of features here that I would argue is a little bit different um, than any other survival game that I'm aware of, and it is better executed than any other game in the genre that I have seen. Like, it is a incremental improvement with a somewhat unique, specific combination of features, but none of those features are necessarily particularly original mm -hmm. would you agree with that Wes? yeah yeah but they what they do they get it right pretty much nine yeah. times out of ten um another thing what, what, what is something that they don't get right um, i just want to say the same thing well first i wanted to pick on minecraft again objectively valheim <laughs> has better <laughs> graphics valheim objectively has better graphics than minecraft now, and that I, is that I, is keeping in mind that it has like everquest ass you know, graphics, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's not like this, oh my God, the majesty. No, no, it's not there. But I've been looking for another game that had some of like the environmental depth that Minecraft had as far as like being able to build and dig and th this and that and get materials from it. But it wasn't just blocks because there's like about a dozen like Minecraft ripoffs, you know? Yeah. And this game has like it's delivered on that for me so i've been really happy with that no i i will say that um there's a trade-off going on it in my opinion it is not as it is not as far as the building and mining and like uh ability to manipulate the the earth and so on it is not it's different than minecraft and there's somewhat of a trade-off where it's not quite as freeform as minecraft but what you get for that is being able to have walls that aren't a meter thick. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, it's more yeah. natural. Yeah. Like I mean, there's, you're not there's playing only... with blocks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's less Lego and more Airfix. 
Like, do we think that we it would can... be better if there was blocks everywhere? <laughs> we no. could try to recreate the same stuff that we've been building in Valheim. We can do it in Minecraft because of how modular it is. But you got to admit, once we look upon those blocks, half of it is our imagination telling us that that is a Viking house. Hey, I, I'll yeah. go with that. Now, one yeah, thing like I will using say. using stairs for chairs? Yeah. That, that's oh, God, yeah. No, no, no. It's stairs with a sign on each side for the arms. Okay, get it right. Or item Anyways. frames. What? Or item frames. No. Um, um, what, is, what is something that it doesn't do well, though? It needs more depth in some of the architecture. Yeah. But then again, it is a, it, in some ways, it's kind of tied itself down to like, you're only going to get the architecture that Vikings dealt with. Wooden I mean, stone. I actually, Wooden to be stone. fair, we, we haven't even gotten to the stone yet. So maybe well, there's more going on. You stone yet? Well, yeah, we haven't beaten the second boss. You need to beat a boss to, to unlock masonry? You need to beat a boss to mine the ground, man. Okay. <laughs> you know what? A... It works. Yeah, it, it's, it's good. Interesting. You know what? We had a lot of fun just playing just the normal stuff without even being able to build with a stone or or like level anything. Like we were just working around all of the stuff that we didn't it's, have. It's yet. a very classic progression system. And it, like, yeah, I mean, it's, a boss it's if been you wanna, awesome if you and fair, and we kind of just been planning but, our stuff around it. That that is one of those elements that I'm saying is like, it's not original. It's a classic system. That said, I have never seen it in this genre. Right? The it's like, well, yeah, other... in Minecraft, you have to beat the, or there are bosses that you can beat, but it's not like, oh, you know what? I can't mine iron till I beat the Ender Dragon or whatever. But here's the thing: you know? they don't they don't get in your way of um, ingenuity. For instance, yeah, that's true. If there is copper that we need copper which essentially makes things feel like you're going into like the next age as far as gameplay goes because you have so much more stuff unlocked well you don't have to beat the first boss per se you can trick a troll into trying to hit you while you stand on the copper and then it breaks the copper off yeah and then you are essentially troll slavery getting a troll to mine copper for you but you got that copper anyways. This is unrelated. Um, but ha- just you remind me of it with the whole uh, tricking a troll into doing your work for you. Have you guys seen the speed run for uh, Two Worlds? No, but I hate that game. No. There's, there's a speed run for Two Worlds. If you just look it up, it's like the first thing from like 2016. Um where the guy beats the game by doing basically that exact thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's it, hilarious. It yeah, sounds game, like this game takes it a little bit better. You're not beating like, the final boss. Go on. Uh, that was it. I mean, it sounds no, like it does it better. No, I was just going to say the game's horrendous. I remember I bought it like an idiot. And then I was playing it for like seven minutes. And when he got in the water, he's like, ooh, wet. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I got out of the, the water. Disc. And then I got back in, and he's like, ooh, wet. I'm like, is this going to happen every time I get in the water? Oh, God. <laughs> and then, do, you, do you have an ooh, wet in Valheim? No. No. Um. The water does drip off your um, cape, though. One thing I wanted to mention, too, also, with the building in Valheim, in my opinion, more realistic than Minecraft, um, in that you can't you just mean build gravity? Did you, you yeah, yeah, you can't just build floating things in the sky. We were trying <laughs> to build this bridge by we, I mean Fogmine did it all, um, engineered it and everything, in that he was trying to build a big enough bridge that could arch over the river to where we can fit the boat underneath. Very, very important because essentially he was we wanted to create our own Panama Canal so we didn't have to go around the entire continent. Now when he was trying to build it and he was trying to do it with like entry level wood, cause there's different grades of wood. It started falling down the, like the higher you get, it just starts falling off. If you don't have the right proper, uh, support structure, su- support structure. Yeah. There you go. And so like, you have to have a, at least a minimal understanding of how bridges work for it to properly stand. 
And and it's not just like um you have to orient everything correctly. Different materials, different types of wood will have different properties and allow you to build uh like greater cantilevers or whatever, you know. Um more free free uh more unsupported section without it falling is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um and so like that's really interesting. Um and I mean, I assume like I assume once we get stone, you know, we're gonna have some like epic medieval stone bridge somewhere, you know, and that'll be mm-hmm. our next big engineering project. But um, sure. like just engineering simulator. Uh, Essentially, like, yeah, it, it is a Viking really life simulator. It is a Viking life simulator, and I hope they do more. Uh, Cesar Tonto was saying that they do have a. Uh, let's see here. Where to go? Where to go? Oh yeah, house and homes update coming. So that's going to be ah, awesome. see, yeah, and and when you have more variety, I think that will like make a big difference. Although I will say, even just looking at um what people are able to build now, like the you know how there's those channels that like they build the best Minecraft homes and like the best things in Besiege, and you know they had the best Fallout Four settlement and blah blah blah, like that genre. Those mm-hmm. guys are able to make some pretty impressive stuff already with the relatively limited uh set of things you know um and so i mean i guess in a way it's like um what Wes was saying before where like yeah there are certain limitations in the game but it also has a lot of room for ingenuity that's the word Mm -hmm. right yeah i'm happy yeah sorry i'm having a uh, stroke here apparently um ingenuity as far as like just working around limitations and and being creative with it you know um and so it's i mean it's really really solid and as far as like sorry go on as far as just visually um you were saying that like oh it's better than minecraft in a lot of games uh like the forest for instance in a sense is better than minecraft but in a way i prefer minecraft because the forest like has no real sense of like aesthetic other than just realism Right, I mean, like the monsters mm-hmm. have a certain aesthetic to them, like the 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 descent, like cave horror movie style thing going on with um yeah the world in a certain way. But artistically speaking, there's not a lot going on there. Whereas Valheim, I think the fact that it is this weird, um, like what would you even call it? You know, like PS one or something. Like it, it's got sort of retro yeah. graphics going I, on. I would I would agree with that. It, and it- it, it has to be well. intentional at a certain point. Oh, it it absolutely is, you know, and it works. It works really well. It, it has a lot of charm to it, you know, and that's not to say that they necessarily super limit themselves because the lighting in the game is very good, and so mm-hmm. they've they've made this as an, a purposeful aesthetic decision, you know, because I've seen games before that you know the textures are primitive because they didn't have a good texture person on the team, and that's not what's going on here. And it 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 works, you know. Yeah, these are creative decisions based off of style, not limitations. Yeah, absolutely. And they're nailing it, in my opinion. So basically, what we're saying is Valheim, good game. Bye. Play on yeah. server with us. Valheim is going to be the game of twenty twenty one, and yes, we do have a Valheim server up and running. It's been great. We can have ten people at a time, but there can be more than ten people. Going to a show. How how big is the world? Like, are you are you are you worried about filling up the map with people? No, not really. No, no. Like, not could, at all. Everyone can have their own nation state, and then some, if they want. We, we could we could all have our own small principality, you know, and like. <laughs> Which honestly, now I want that update. Now I want to be able to get minion type NPCs to like guard the homestead. I, I want like I want to open goats. up the map and I want to see like national flags, you know, or like or or like clan flags, right, for certain continents where it's like, yeah, this is ours, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Like Zatanta expressed in the chat, I like this Valheim stock. If Valheim was a stock, it'd be time to buy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Good times to be had. We've already had some great hijinks. Uh, my God, there was one time when essentially we moved from spawn until we reached a river and we're like yeah we'll set up here we got a little black forest over there so we can like you know grind some things out of that black forest while we set up shop little did we know that the black forest had other plans 
and they were constantly attacking us pretty much every three minutes while we were trying to build our first home, which again, it's a big deal. Cause like, if you die, you got to walk. Like it's like a 10 minute trek from the spawn point back to where we were. And so we were essentially taking turns at dying and defending each other to try to keep the house from being taken over, uh, which we would have finished if Luca didn't dislike the design decisions halfway through and just hit in a fit of rage tore down the house. I know what you're talking about. That didn't happen. Fake news, um, lying media. So, like, mm. you know, we're going through all of this stuff to try to get to get a home settled in, you know, like fireplace. And th- 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 that's another thing, too. You have a workbench, but you have to have a roof over your workbench. You can't just plop a fireplace down the house because you're going to get carbon monoxide poisoning. You got to build a proper chimney. You got to have proper ventilation. You got to consider all these things when you're building. But it's kind of hard to do when the entire Black Forest is like, get out of the neighborhood. Yeah, Viking um, building inspector comes in. Essentially, yeah, which came in the form of Fogmind. Because he's up to code. This is all hideous. None of this is up to code. And then he starts doing a proper leveling out of the land next to it. And then while he was doing that, we're like, it's too much. We got a bell. And so we swam across the river um, to escape. And like, not even 10 seconds onto this new land. Mind you, this was after like three hours of BS of trying to fight staying next to the Black Forest. Ten seconds into the new land of this brave new world, we found Eden. Like, perfect rolling grass hills, plenty of boar and deer running around, raspberries, as far as the eyes can see. And it was just right the whole time. You named the Black Forest the the Frightening Forest. No, we didn't Don't drop there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We named what the building, the remnants of what was there, we named it the Devil's Shed. Because again, yeah. you got the map marker, and you can name things. You can make landmarks out of things, and so yeah. Let me let me put yeah. you this way: Failed West has a a growing map with all of these markers that he's like been posting in our Valheim chat over time, right? You cannot read the map markers because they are so dense on certain areas. Because I mean, a he's, lot, he's going a lot ham being with it. At some point, at some point, I fully expect him. To like take multiple screenshots and then sew them together in Photoshop. By some point, you meant this weekend's project. Exactly. Because I just spent the morning sailing around the entire continent on a raft. Bad move, by the way. Get a bigger, faster boat. Only so I can properly map out, guys, here's what we got before us. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess to uh, address like two things that were said in chat real quick, because uh, mm-hmm. what you said just remind me of it. Funky Finch had said, do you need three boats? Yes. Yes, because all of the boats serve a particular function, right? The raft is like a very early game, like function over like, like not even function, just cheap, you know, mm-hmm. like you can make it quick and get over a body of water, right? And there's the next level boat, which is faster and so on, than the top level boat, right? And so there, there's a reason to have all those boats. Where in Minecraft, you you basically in a rowboat that is like a a a speedboat racer, you know, like that, well, that's yeah, what it's, that's it's because what you of, have. It's very scientific. The way that the the pixels move in the water, uh, it actually creates micro vortexes that speed you along. I've I've there's a paper on it that I wrote. Sounds so. legit. Sounds legit. Totally legit. Anyway, With um, all that being then, said. Um, oh, okay. We're going to be wrapping up today's podcast. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Not to abruptly stop his vortex um, thesis that he's been ready to get to the world. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today's podcast because we got some Valheim Viking life to be living here in a minute. I don't know if we're going to do it right after the stream or 30 minutes from now. I mean, you guys think we're pretty much ready. So, Satanta so may know uh, in the chat if we're ready with the gear. And uh, if so, we're going to get right, we're going to turn this stream off and get right back into Valheim, like, in a few minutes. So, you want you And we stick might stream that? that, too, if you want to stick around. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're going to stream it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's been good. The chat's been real lively today, so I appreciate you guys showing up. So, we're always happy to have you. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, know that we record these live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash savage shelf. 
we'd be happy to have you here in the chat with us. It's always a good time. And uh, any of our other links, like our website, heavyshelf.com, we do write articles as well. We don't just get on here and complain about failed things like Stadia or Anthem. We write about articles, games we like. We put our complaints in writing form. Yeah. Well, we do both. We praise and complain. <laughs> but we'd rather praise, but man, they've been messing up in the industry. We rather pl- uh, we rather praise, but mostly we complain, let's be honest. Yeah. We're gonna well, we're gonna turn that around with Valheim because I love this game. It's better than Minecraft. Um that being said, again, if you go to twitch.tv slash shelf, you see all those panels below. That's where you can donate. You can subscribe to our, uh, not, not subscribe, join our Discord. And then from there, you will see details on how to join our Valheim server. And so it'd be great to see you guys there. You're more than welcome to join in. It's all free. So, yeah, look forward to see you guys. We will see you again next week. <laughs>